the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Praise be the most holy name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My dear friends, at daybreak, be merciful to me, O Lord. One of the most amazing prayers. Imagine people as they wake up early in the morning, um, awaiting a day that might be full of stress or um, waiting that in such a day, less stress might happen. In our life with our Lord Jesus Christ, we are thankful that we do have a day, a full day for rest, a full day in which we actually praise the Lord Jesus Christ and we thank him for our salvation. A day in which our life is renewed. Not only our life is renewed, but through our relaxation, through our time with family, through our time in prayer, through our time in our church, in places of worship, actually we feel that we are being reborn. It's the new birth that we receive every week from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yet many people are unfortunately deprived of relaxation. Many people, unfortunately, due to the worries that they suffer from due to incidents that happen in the world. They feel ousted. They feel that their life is not justified. They believe that their personal life is actually in somehow being taken by a weird force, a strange force, an outside force. Recently, on February 6, 2023, millions of people in Turkey, in Syria, in Lebanon, felt they had that feeling. They suffered. On a Monday early morning from a major earthquake, after which over 3,000, 3,000 aftershocks keep happening from Lebanon to Turkey, from Syria to Egypt. It's just a weird sensation, a weird feeling where the people, all of them are developing stress, developing certain anxiety and definitely at daybreak, be merciful to all of these people, O Lord. Yet one of the beautiful signs of hope and solidarity is that we have a couple of doctors from the United States, um, Dr. Jack and Dr. Susan. They flew right the way to Lebanon and uh, they assessed the situation from Lebanon um, towards Syria, from Lebanon towards the entire region, and food aid and medication aid 
what is it that we need to do? What is it that we can do in order to make sure that those people feel the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? So with them, I want to salute all of our listeners on Good Sunday morning with Father Andre. And I want us to really pray together that the Lord will have mercy as, as of now. We know that over 60 some thousand people, over 60,000 people are dead. And over 200,000 people are injured, severely injured. And while these earthquakes keep happening, it's creating a major anxiety in every home. People are sleeping on the streets. Many people are refusing to go back home. And by the way, one of the doctors uh, who, um, um, when during our trip here in Lebanon, the doctors themselves personally have experienced some of the shaking when uh, um, two earthquakes at least hit um, in this area and they were felt um, by many people in various regions. With such a thing, I want us to turn to the Holy Bible and want to pray with Psalm 143. With Psalm 143. It's a prayer that people can offer while in distress. It's a prayer. Psalm 143, verse 1 to verse 11, that people are encouraged to pray while in distress. So let us pray together. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. At daybreak, be merciful to me, O Lord. Lord, listen to my prayer. Turn your ear to my appeal. You are faithful. You are just. Give answer. Do not call your servant to judgment, for no one is just in your sight. The enemy pursues my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness. Like the dead, long forgotten. Therefore, my spirit fails. My heart is numb within me. I remember the days that are past. I ponder all your works. I am used on what your hand has wrought. And to you, I stretch out my hands like a parched land. My soul thirsts for you. Lord, make haste and answer, for my spirit fails within me. Do not hide your face, lest I become like those in the grave. In the morning, let me know your love, for I put my trust in you. Make me know the way I should walk. To you, I lift up my soul. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good morning, my dear friends. Good morning, Dr. Jack. Good morning, Dr. Susan. Dr. Susan, I'd like to start with you. Um, you have seen the distress of the so many people around. And um, what did you see in Lebanon this time? Well, it was different than the last time I was in Lebanon about three years ago in 2019 before a lot of the difficulties uh, occurred and the the economic situation is much worse um than it was at that time um the value of the lebanese lira has gone down markedly and it really has affected many many people in the country um i've heard numbers 80 percent of people are really suffering right now economically um, and it's had a big impact on very important areas of life, like education and and health and um, food. Um, 
taking care of your children, raising your family, um, it's really affected um, the lives of the people here. Um, Dr. Susan, in the economic crisis, you spoke about economic crisis, you spoke about the Lebanese pound, the exchange rate crisis. Um, do you believe that this country has a message? Oh, absolutely. This, this country is like no other country, really, that I've been in. Um, the It has exquisite beauty, um, varying landscapes, um, people with hearts of gold, generous, kind-hearted people. Um, the spirituality of the country is evident everywhere you go. Um, the faith in, in Christ, the um, the saints, the images of the saints, the, the shrines for the saints. There's just something very unique about this country. Um, and it also, um, the um, we talk about, about the sort of leaven that it provides the um that it that it keeps peace in a sense the the country it consists of factions that typically you know don't get along but they get along in in lebanon they um and so there is there's something really unique about this place um that really it's been it's been in existence for for many many years and has gone through many many difficulties and it's and it's survived them all uh, it is true. There is something special about this place. You know, Lebanon has been listed in the Bible with cedars, whether it's a sea, it's a snow. And you've seen a lot of snow. Tell me about the snow, first of all. How was, is this your first snow that you experienced in Lebanon or you have seen the snow in Lebanon before? No, I don't think I've seen it before. So we were driving through um, five to six feet corridors on either side, sort of like going through the Red Sea with the snow all around us. Um, up in the mountains, so that was a little bit unique. So, I, uh, and that was unique. And I think Dr. Jack filmed it. As a matter of fact, um, it, it was it was really amazing to see how the snow in Lebanon accumulate meters and meters high. Dr. Jack, uh, the, the the message is yours. I know before you left, you had a message about Lebanon to tell the people. What would you tell the people about Lebanon after what you saw and you have witnessed? Well, uh, sorry about the connection. Uh, Lebanon is beautiful. Uh, it's uh, one of the most incredible experiences that I had. Um, the, the land is beautiful. The, the people are beautiful. Um, the circumstances are tough right now uh, with the economic circumstances, um, the religious uh, persecution. I think it's, um, uh, it's amazing to see a people who have uh, endured so much and continue to endure uh, including now natural disasters as well. And the most amazing part is that through all of this, you can feel a continued sense of, of hope and love uh, amongst and between the people. And it can only be attributed to their faith. Uh, and I was uh, sitting down at, uh, uh, at one of the seaports talking to uh, some of the Lebanese people and, 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 uh, a few moments passed and someone came by and knelt down at, uh, at uh, a statue of the Virgin Mary and just began, started praying. Obviously, he was going through a tough time. Uh, but to know that the people's faith is what truly is getting them through these difficult times is uh, nothing more than beautiful to see. Does faith matter in times of tragedy, Dr. Jack? Does faith matter in times of tragedies? 
I think so, because if I were to imagine the similar circumstances, uh, I think instead of faith and hope, you would have uh, despair. Uh, and that would be just um, a community or a culture that would be in absolute chaos instead of, of moving forward uh, in, in that hope and belief that God will help them uh, through these uh, travails. I want to I wanna ask you last question. No one, you will be busy. Actually, thank you. You might have a um, lot of work to do as well as Dr. Susan. We are in day and night between us and you, as a matter of fact. Um, talking about the crisis, talking about the earthquake, talking about the shaking. Um, the first part of the question, is it normal that there is over 3,000, 3,000 aftershocks happening including when we're praying together in a church. Is this something normal? Yeah, I'm not a geologist, so <laughs> I, don't, I can't really <laughs> speak to the, the commonality of, uh, of these types of occurrences. It seems very unusual, um, particularly emanating from the same source over and over. Um, I'd be curious to see if there are going to be corresponding uh, earthquakes on the other side of the world uh, or on this side of the world. Um, but certainly... Uh, it didn't feel like it was a normal occurrence. Is, if, if we were assessing to see how we're going to help people, uh, what will be the priorities um, after what you observe to assist people? Like in Lebanon is one thing because, you know, Lebanon buildings are shaken, but they did not fall yet. But it seems like there's this multiple shaking that is happening every day now in Lebanon. They're affecting more buildings and more buildings. Whereas in Syria, people are actually dying in Turkey. Mm, tons of people died. What did you feel that the best way people can contribute uh, to a, uh, a relief effort that the mission will do? What would that be between food and medication and um, other things? What, what, do, what do you recommend? Well, I would say it would be a preemptive effort. So if we know that these things are happening uh, in this area of the world, uh, should we and can we step up our efforts to support the people in the event that a catastrophic uh, natural occurrence were to um, happen in Lebanon? And so basically what we're doing now, just a lot more of it. And thankfully, we have uh, a little uh, foresight into what this could potentially look like. And so putting together um, plans of action from the family unit all the way up to the governmental level. So we really have to learn from the experience of the people in Syria and Turkey. Is that what you're saying? Unfortunately, the damage happened, the tragedy happened, and um, there was not a lot, loss of prevention, what you guys discovered, right, in Syria sure. and, in, and, in, and in Turkey. Um, and we're not trying to prevent those things from happening in Lebanon. Yeah, and if we can't prevent a natural disaster, can we uh, prepare uh, and it would be a shame to have all of those lives lost uh, without uh, taking away important lessons. Yeah. It is a shame, actually. I want to thank you, first of all, for carrying medication with you, for bringing um, stuff with you over the counter. Um, people enjoy it. Dr. Susan, uh, today we had a wonderful meeting with the big bakery in Lebanon and with people from uh, local Catholic charities in Lebanon. And uh, we're trying to coordinate with them a relief. Uh, finally, we're coming to an executive part of our relief effort, which we will do with the people in Syria. We're going to try to take about 1,000 families, if we can, uh, to provide them with food. Can you tell us a little bit about what you found from local? Uh, you had the chance, uh, more so than Dr. Jack, to, to check outside the medical field 
on food sustainability, on medication sustainability, education sustainability. Can you describe a little bit about all of that? So the it seems that some of the biggest problems in, in Lebanon right now are the the um, health insurance, hospitalization, prescriptions, getting prescriptions and education. That really seems to be a thing that we heard over and over again. And um, and we were able to to speak with um, someone today, as Father mentioned, that is, is involved with um, these efforts to help people in these different arenas and wants to work um, also with the mission um, back and forth, a partnership that we can we can do things together. And this person is is very connected in the in the Lebanon in the in the surrounding areas, and can can execute as Father said can can when we are coordinating something they can actually help to make it happen in a very effective way, and so um, it was a very exciting um, discussion, and we've had many discussions like that. Doctor Jack and I have while we while we were here. Um, and he's already gone. I'm still here for a few more days. But we've had many discussions like that about ways that we can actually um, actually provide help more effectively um, to the people of Lebanon and the, and the surrounding areas. But, um, uh, I know, Dr. Jack, will you be able to take one more question? Um, if we ask you your evaluation, what you saw about the mission of Hope and Mercy, is the mission leaving a good resonance? In Lebanon, you met religious leaders, you met communities, you met church congregations. What, what did you think the uh, resonance of the work of the mission is in Lebanon? Well, yeah, it was impressive to see um, how well received you are, Father, uh, throughout all of these different groups that we met. Uh, and more impressive to see how uh, great the expectations are of our continued support through the mission and how it really is impacting lives and uh, and helping to deliver some of that hope. I think there's a lot of hard work to do. And uh, I think uh, it's very well worth it. Um, and do you recommend that doctors, that donors, that people from the U.S. could contribute? Do, do, do you see a feasibility in that thing? Would people care in, in the U.S. Um, to support people like in Lebanon or in Syria amidst all of this suffering? Do you think this is a priority on the mind of American people? Or how can we make this? A priority. That's basically the better question. How can we make this a priority on the mind of people in the U.S. who might have the means but may not have really the vision or the focus um, on, on help in this area? Why would you tell them, help Lebanon, help the people here, help the Christians in this area? Why? Well, I, I, probably the most important part is the transparency and effectiveness of this program. Uh, where you can actually uh, see uh, before your eyes how impactful each and every dollar is. And I think that's something that's lost with uh, some of the other organizations or large organizations where um, your donations kind of disappear into this uh, basket of, of giving, but uh, not really clear as to how efficient or effective it is. And with your work, Father, I think that's the one thing I would try to stress is to really showcase the the efficiency that you're using uh, with every dollar that comes into to this mission. Thank you, Dr. Jack. Dr. Susan, um, how do we describe to our people, uh, as, as Dr. Jack was mentioning, the transparency and the great impact that the mission is doing in, in Lebanon seems to be its legacy now. How do we showcase this? How did we succeed showing this when you go back to the United States? Uh, how do you showcase such a legacy between transparency and a great impact? 
Well, I, I, I think it, I think there's two, two parts of it. I mean, the one thing I, I do think that we have to make sure people really understand the situation here too, because I think once they understand how serious things are, that people will want to help. And, and, and I, I, I think just by showing what we're doing, I think that Dr. Jack is com- completely right about what he's saying, the transparency and the efficiency and the effectiveness of what we do. We have an infrastructure here that's working very well and we're making it even stronger. And so, um, so I think that just by educating people about both the situation here as well as what we've been able to do, I think will be very helpful. Do you, would you describe that the situation in Lebanon is dangerous for the Christians, yes or no, if I were to ask you? Um, absolutely. And, and dangerous in the sense that, that they, they feel like, I think that even though there's hope, there's faith, there's hope, I think there's also an underlying fear that their existence in Lebanon is, 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 is threatened, that, um, that, they, that they will not be able to survive here. And, and they don't say it, again, because there is, there, is, there is hope. But I think that there is this concern for themselves, for their families particularly, and just for their, for their lives here. And so, um, and again, that, that boils down to the, the economic, economic impact of what's been going on over the last few years and how it's affected every part of their lives. And so, um, so I, I, um, I do think that that's an issue right now. Well, with the, you know, most of the supplies and, medi- and medications, for instance, uh, Dr. Jack had meetings, you had meetings, um, you guys met even with um, a pharmacist while you were in Lebanon. You, you saw many buildings which were um, not even a few months ago, a few years ago, they were great medical institutions. They served um, hundreds of thousands of the people. Um, by being charitable, by keeping a low rate on them. And you saw how these medical centers are suffering and are basically either shutting down or suffering. And 50% of doctors and nurses have left Lebanon. So um, why would doctors come from the United States um, in, in such a huge, as you said, despite hope, despite hope, there are serious concerns. But Lebanon also suffered real losses in its manpower, in its talent's powers, um, and the doctor's powers. So if an earthquake, for instance, happens in Lebanon now, God forbid, causing human damage and damage in the structure of the human life, um, do you think Lebanon could survive it on its own or Lebanon needs the help of many doctors from the U.S. or else in the world? Well, I definitely think that that more help will be needed because you're right. Half of the half of the medical doctors have left, and I think a lot of nurses have left also. And so, I think that if a serious health um, disaster were to occur, that there would need to be there would need to be international support for Lebanon to help the country get through it. The the, the mission and your assessment in your field. Um, build a consensus or uh, um, I would say um, an agreeable way, what would be the best way to help people? What, like if I were to rank in education, food, or health, what did you think after you met with many, many, many humanitarian agencies, people, religious leaders, um, how do you prioritize aiding uh, I, the people in uh, Lebanon now? 
I think the most urgent issue is the is the medical issues, the health issues, the medications, the being able to be hospitalized if you need to and be able to pay for it, and, and even just the regular regular care, the chronic care. But um, what I heard primarily was the hospitalizations and the medications. You can't get medications; they're very expensive if you can get them. But a lot of times, you just can't even find them. And then hospitalizations can be very expensive if you don't have insurance and 80% of the people don't have insurance. So that's the urgent issue. And it seems to be at the forefront. I think the education is something that you don't, it doesn't hit you quite urgently because if it, if it goes away, you don't, you don't really notice it until later. Well, you do notice it when it's very important for your children and for your families to be educated. And that's a, that's a big priority for, for the Christians in Lebanon. But it's not something that's going to cause you um, immediate harm. Um, so I think that the, the health issues were the most important, but I, I, don't, I don't want to um, diminish the importance of making sure that education remains strong here. Thank you, Dr. Susan. Dr. Jack, your final words, um, um, I know you're, you're busy. Um, what would your final words in prayer, if you do not mind, be for um, the Christians here and for the people in the United States? If you want to unmute your phone, I'm not sure if you are hearing us. Um, we would love to hear your final words in prayer. I pray that all of our efforts um, are guided by God and that we're able to uh, fulfill the need that uh, and the prayers that these people are asking for, um, that we can do it um, in the most successful fashion and, and really deliver all of these people from the suffering that they're experiencing today and tomorrow. And thank you, uh, Doctor. That we're guided. Thank you so very much. Thank you. thank you, Dr. Susan. Thank you, Dr. Jack. And with you, I pray, rescue me, Lord, from my enemies. I have a flat to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will. For you, O Lord, are my God. Let your good spirit guide me in ways that are level and smooth. For your name's sake, Lord, save my life. In your justice, save my soul from distress. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. You have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.